You know, it's funny. Like, I try, I try to just sing and praise and, like, ignore that, that voice that God is like, no, do it, no, do it, no, do it. So I'm just going to be, I'm going to be obedient. And I'm, Angel Lopez, would you come up here this morning? She has no idea that I, I'm, I'm doing this. Would you just... testimony this morning. And what I'm talking about, when we're singing about Fight My Battles, this is what I'm talking about right here. I'm not doing this for me, I'm doing this for my God because he is my healer and this is what he wants. I'm going to share a testimony and if I go over, I apologize. So about four weeks ago, the doctor called me. I've been going through things, and the doctor called my husband and I and said, "I'm sorry to say this, but you you have cancer. There's tumor cells inside of you, and you know we're gonna go through some tests and some surgeries." So the minute, at the moment, I wasn't you know I wasn't in my word. Please stay in your word because at that very moment fear came in. I began to shatter like a broken glass. And I, I prayed, and I prayed, and I, I just prayed to God. And he started flooding people, even when I didn't see it. And I was in a battle. I was here in the spirit, and I was thinking, you know, God kept telling me, trust me, trust me, I am with you, and I have this. And then I kept battling fear. You know, the results were there. They were there, and fear was coming, saying, you have a death sentence. You know, and fear is not of God. So I kept this, we kept this quiet for a little bit. My husband kept, you know, praying to me and it got bad. Forgive me, I'm not prepared for this. You know, people were there, God flooded people. I had people come to my rescue and just cry with me and hold my hand during that time. And um, this woman reached out to me, somebody I knew 10 years ago, and she started sending me these videos of healing from the power of God and there is power and it's in a Bible and let me tell you what Isaiah 53 said by his stripes we were healed and if you don't believe that then it's not happening to you so I began to sink that word into me and I started praying and praying in a week before my surgery I I gave it to God and I begged him and I said God please I'm your child show me a sign it is done I know it's done please show me a sign when you've healed me and that night I went to bed, this is a week before my surgery, the spirit woke me up at two in the morning, he said, get up and pray, and, I, and I'm lazy, I love my sleep, and so I'm like, okay, so I got up, and I started praying, and he's like, no, get on your knees, you know, and I'm like, okay, so I get on my knees, and it was like a quickening, and he was like, pray now, and so he was, he was instructing me what to pray for, and not only was I praying for my healing, he told me, pray for others at this moment he said forgive your sins and pray for somebody else so I started doing that and I started declaring his word over me saying I am healed I don't care what the results say Lord I am your child and at the moment I was in pain I said I am healed I don't care so then as I was on my knees it wasn't enough he's like get on your face and pray to 
Praise me. I am your God and declare it. So I did. And I, so that night I went to bed. And, this, and God, and God gave, came to me in my sleep. And he came over me and I felt a presence. And I don't know if I was dreaming, but I felt a presence come over me and hands touched me here. And it rushed through my body like a vault. I can't even explain how I felt. And at that very moment, I was healed because he had answered my prayer. And so I woke up the next day. I journaled it. I thanked him and I praised all day, you know, and I, I knew it was done, but I'm still battling, you know, we're in reality. Satan wants to tell you you're not healed. You know, he wants you to submit to any sickness, any healing. Do not submit to it. It's the word. It's the living word. It's only by the name of Jesus. He is our fortified tower. Let's not forget that. But if you don't believe it in your heart, then I'm sorry. You need to search because I was convicted. I was, he was telling me, I've brought you through so much in your life. And how could you not? How could you not trust me? And so I begged him to forgive me. I can never turn back again, but he, he is there and the trust is there. Do not let fear tell you anything else because it's real. But, and this is not for me. I say this. I'm not a speaker. I don't come up here for me. I do it for him because this is what he wants to know. This is what he wants you to know, that there is healing in his name, just in his name. And it's happened. The same spirit that has healed the blind and rose the dead girl from the dead, the same spirit is living with you. So don't, don't ever turn your back on it. And so I am healed today because of him. And he is walking with me. And I will do what he calls me to do. And I don't care what fire I go through because I know he is here with me. Oh, yes, so then the report said, so I, I have my surgery. I have my surgery and, you know, we're waiting on results. And the doctor's talking about oncologists come up, me and my husband. And so whatever we go through it, the reports come back and she's like, I got everything out. But the weird thing is, everything came back precancerous, not like the original biopsy that we've had, which was tumor cell. So I'm That's like, thank right. you, thank Jesus. You. I'm like, thank you. And I'm like, tell me my God didn't say he would do it because he said he would do it and he did it. So, so today, if you're suffering from any kind of healing, and I'm not saying physically, even in your heart, you need to be healed in your heart. Just let it go. Give it to him. Stop giving the enemy credit because he will destroy you. I don't know what you're going through today. I don't know why, uh, you know, the angel spoke that testimony. But we might be in here and we might say things are impossible. And it, it, it may look like everything that surrounds us is saying that it can't. But I want to tell you that God, all things are possible if you believe. It says all things are possible. If you would believe, Jesus told his disciples, you would see the glory of God. And I want you to start, let something stir up in you. Maybe you haven't prayed for, for yourself in a while because you've been going through something and it's been years. And you're saying, God can't. But I, maybe this is the moment where, where we're, we're completely surrounded by our doubt. When we're completely surrounded by fear. Where God needs to rise up. Something in you called faith. Something in call, it called God's presence. So if that's you, I just want you to raise your hands and sing that one last time. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm not. I'm surrounded by you, Lord God.
As the piano comes up a little louder, let's just, let's just take a moment in God's presence. Let's just extend it just for one more moment. We don't want to miss what you're doing because we want to do our thing, God. Just give a moment of silence. Let God speak to you. You guys can be seated. Give God praise loudly. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Man, isn't God good? Man, oh, that's the worst. That is the worst. Isn't God good? Yeah. Man, sometimes, sometimes we worship God in spirit. I, I know I say this, but sometimes we just worship God in truth of who he is. Just worship God in who he is sometimes. Sometimes we, we need to move ourselves out of the way and just, and just give God, when, when we don't even feel it, we move, man, when we don't even feel it. At this time, the guys are going to come forward and uh, in receiving your offering, I just want to thank you guys. And, uh, 
And guys, if you guys can come forward, we'll do it quickly. I don't even think this can hold my stuff, but we'll try. We'll try. But as they come forward, I'm going to just pray over the offering. Please, uh, you know, in your giving, it, it funds what we're doing here. But really, it funds like, man, be generous with your life. Not only in this room. Be generous with your life. I've been, we are going into a, a I, I'm just preparing you. It's called a Be Rich in, in February. And it's been kind of a, I, you know, when you're studying something, it messes you up. So it's been messing me up. So I've been collecting all my stuff at my house. My house is getting cleaner because I'm like, God, the things that we don't use in the book of James, I'll, I'll give you some. Uh, in the book of James, it says the things, our riches will be our shame. It's, it's, that's the brother of Jesus straight up. I'm like, what do you mean by that, God? I don't like that. That's anti-American, right? Koreans don't like that, right? But he says, one day, God will, we will meet God. We will be face to face with Jesus. And he will say, what did you do with all the things that I put in your hands? And he says, it will shame us in, in, in the view of God. I'm like, that's not a very, you know, people don't like to talk about that. But I wonder if we can take, and I'm just being bold, if we can really analyze the things in our lives that we don't use that we need to give away. So I like clean, and not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to humble brag you, all right? But uh, uh, maybe, I don't know, I'm, I'm still checking my heart. But I started getting rid of everything in my closet. I was like, God, the things that I don't even wear. So I got rid of more than 50% of the things in my closet. I'm like, whoa, we have a lot of room. Candace is like, finally, finally. Because I can be a hoarder, man. I can hold on to things. I grew up super poor. So I, I, I hold on to everything I can. And God was just convicting my life. And I pray, even starting now, maybe God is speaking to your heart of the things that we hold on to so closely that really has a hold on us. It really does. And I want you to pray through that as Christians, as followers of Jesus, let not the things of this world have a hold, such tight hold on our heart. Man, give your life away. We sang it today. Let that not be a song we sing, but a life we live. Amen? I'm going to pray or I'm going to continue down this road. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for everything that you are. I thank you for this moment. I don't know what you want to do, God. But I pray I, we be open to your presence. We be open, Lord, to your word, God. And I pray we be open to worshiping you throughout the rest of the week. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Thank you for passing that out. I'm, talk to your neighbor for a moment. I don't know if this is going to work. Yeah. Tell them a joke, but a Christian joke, all right? Here we go. I think I'm ready, guys. Oh. My code is my birthday. My kids already know that. All right. In, in, uh, in front of all your seats, there's a little invitation card. And I want you guys to take just one and invite one person. I said, if everyone in our church would just invite one person uh, a week, we would reach 10,000 people. That would be 10,000 invitations. Just by giving one card, I was like, that's a simple way to just love on uh, just people around us. 
And also make sure you get into groups. Uh, so uh, live groups are coming up in February as well. And uh, yeah, hey, hey, what's up for live groups, all right? All right? And uh, life groups is just a place where people come together to encourage one another to live out their God-given moment called life, to share hope, share concerns. It's a place to be known and to be known and to know someone deeply in a meaningful way. So, uh, so we're starting, we started this uh, series called Crazy Courageous. Crazy enough to believe we can change the world. Courageous enough to do it. There, it's that second part. You can believe all sorts of crazy things that God wants to do with you. But there's another part that matters. Are you courageous enough to do it? We said, of course I am. Of course I am. Then what does your life look like? You know, I'm not saying just be crazy, but are we following the voice of God? And I was telling the leaders today, are, you, are we known as friends of sinners? Right? Are we known... I, I, am, I am not good with plastic Christianity. At some point, I freak out. I don't know about you. I put myself in bad situations on purpose. I put myself into dark places on purpose because I believe when God says we're light, we're light. If God says his redemption is real and it's good news, then it's good news. It's not Christian news. It's good News, God's love is good news. Let us not live out the plastic Christianity. We don't, you don't need to be cleaned up and perfect for God to use us. We just need to be available and say, God, use this crazy Korean, God. Use him. Use, do whatever you want. And I tell you, I tell you this because I do not, I never belong up here. And I know that every time I step up here, I don't. I know my past. I know how crazy it is. I get to share little bits and pieces. I cannot believe God uses me. Honestly, honestly, the more history I tell you, the more you're like, I can't believe God uses him either, right? But, but when we get to a place, just get to a place where you're like, I love the heart of Paul the Apostle. And, it, and if you guys are new to church, Paul's like the guy who wrote so much of the New Testament. In the beginning of his writings, he's always trying to prove like I'm an apostle. Just to let you know, he, every, every book he wrote in the beginning, he says, I am an apostle chosen by Christ. Just to let you know, right? He's trying to like let you know his credentials. And in the book of Timothy, I love this part. He is like, I am Paul and I suck. I am the chief of all sinners. Just the bottom, man. I can't believe God uses me. I think God uses me just to show you if he can use me, he can use anyone. That's how he ends his life. And as we walk in this walk of faith, I hope we get closer to Paul and in the end of his life and not the beginning. That we get to humble ourselves and we really see ourselves. I can't believe the God of the universe would love me, would use me, would pour out his presence through me, would let me be good news to others when I was such bad news for so long. I hope that the heart of the good news, the heart of the gospel captures us deeply. Deeply. So today's message, I need to get into here or you guys are going to be here for an hour and the Koreans are going to be upset. It's funny, I call them the Koreans and I'm Korean, right? It's so bad. I, I apologize, Koreans, if you're here. And I'm Korean. But, yeah, uh, yeah, it's true. It's called Storm Chasers. We're going into this thing called Storm Chasers. How many of you guys like watching a good storm, all right? 
I like watching a good storm safely in my house, right, with my kids on my porch. I like the colors that just, I love the thunder, I love the lightning. So my kids, anytime it's raining or it's snowing and it's crazy, we'll sit out on our porch and we'll watch and we'll be like, look how crazy it is. But it's one thing to be watching a storm in shelter and another thing to go through a storm. Isn't that true? So that's what I'm going to do. That's what we're going to read. We're going to read Mark 4, 35 to 41. And I'm going to just read right through this, Christian. Is that okay? I was going to bring it up. He's going to read it, but we, I need to go through. And, and so we're going to read this real quick. And, and, and I'm going to read right here. It says Mark 4, 35. It says, Jesus said in 35, let us go across to the other side. Let's go across to the other side. I, I love this because in this moment, in Mark 35 and 36, Jesus is taking his guys to the other side knowing a storm was coming. Think about that. Jesus knew a storm was coming and he was taking his guys purposely into a storm. For many of us, that doesn't sound right. What do you mean? Anything bad is the devil and anything good is God. That's, that we can have weird concepts like that. Yet here is Jesus leading his guys into a storm. And some of us are even in a storm right now. Some by our own doing, by mistakes we've made, by the decisions we made. And some we've made all the right choices and yet we still find ourselves in a storm of life, right? But what if Jesus is leading you into the storm and not out of it? Think about that for a moment. Into pressure, into instability. Think about that. Many of us, we have this view of Jesus that doesn't fit Jesus at all. We pacify him, right? Into, into like hipster Jesus who's super positive and gives hugs and watch indie films, right? I don't know how you see Jesus, but that's not the Jesus that Mark describes in his word, right, in his writings. This Jesus leads people into storms because he knows there's only certain things we can only learn inside of a storm. I tell my kids, when things are good, you learn nothing. You do. You're not learning anything. They, my son will play a basketball game and they'll win. They'll just crush him because it was a really bad team they played. Now I always ask him, what did you learn? And they're like... I don't know, we were better than them. Yeah, we, we don't learn too much. We learn when we get crushed, right? And so they're like, we played bad defense. Uh, we weren't getting, you know, you can, you can point out all the things, even in a basketball game, when you're going through some hardship. So Jesus, he's trying to teach us in a storm. And, 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 but when we look back into our life, we look at the heartbreak, the pain, the pressure, the paralyzing fear, the tears, and that's what saved you, Right? That's what made you. That's what led you to Jesus. The storm was God's love for you. We, and we, but we only see this on the other side. Isn't that true? When we're looking backwards and we're like, you were making me the whole time. Verse 37. And the great windstorm arose and the waves were breaking into the boat. So the boat was already filling. But he, Jesus, was at the stern asleep on a cushion. Think about this. Throw me that cushion. Cushion on Amazon. It says, it is well with my soul, right? And, and, and a cushion, why, why would Jesus bring a cushion in, into a storm? Think about that. He was prepared to go into a storm with a cushion. He, he, he was already, he was like, don't worry, guys, it's going to be a good one, right? And he's like sitting. Can you imagine Jesus? They're like, oh, it's so sunny outside. It's going to be so good. And Jesus, why do you have that cushion? Oh, don't worry, guys. Don't worry, guys. It's going to be good. And he's sitting on this cushion. Oh, he's like, oh. So I, last week, 
Last week, I was at uh, four games with my children. That was six hours of, of, uh, of whatever, sports. And I was like, I'm really hurting right now. I'm, I'm getting older. My back was hurting. I was like, I don't know about you. You guys, you guys are young bucks, and you guys are like, what are you talking about? When you get a certain age and you gain a certain weight, things hurt, all right? Things hurt. And so anyone wanted it is well cushion? Right, anyone? Oh, you want it as well, cushion? Right there. Every time you sit there, think of Jesus in the storm. Right? He brought his own cushion. He brought his own cushion. He was prepared. He's expecting it. Sound asleep in the middle of a storm. He's not worried. He's at peace in chaos. And here's a nugget for all of us. And it would have been up there if it worked. But it would have said, peace is not external. Peace is internal. A peace of mind, a peace of heart. Two people can go through the exact same thing and experience two different realities. Isn't that true? Isn't that true? One person can come out just complaining, this is the worst. And the other one was like, I learned so much through this. And you're like, you are the worst. <laughs> you know, why do you talk like that? Verse 38, now the disciples woke Jesus up and said, teacher, don't you even care? Every one of us, Christian or not, has asked this question in some way. God, don't you even care? God, are you even there? God, don't you see what I'm going through? I believe it's a very honest question and it reveals in the asker of the question where their faith lies. Is God God only when things are good? When things are going our way? When life is easier? Or is God still God in the storms of life? When you've been punched in the stomach and you can hardly breathe, you, some of us... We, we made it to church. We got our bagel, went to Starbucks, and it was a good day. We're like, I got a day off. Some of us barely made it here. We just got into a fight. We're dealing with cancer. Our parents are passing away. Right now, Miss Charlene and with Terry, pray for Terry Farmer because Miss Charlene is passing away. Some of us are dealing with the heaviness of life. And it wasn't easy to walk into this place. It wasn't even easy to put on a smile. It wasn't easy to lift up their hands in worship. It was a hard day. But they were saying, God, you are still God in the storm. And when I don't understand, I will still worship you. That's faith. That's faith. Who are we in the storm? See, Jesus was trying to teach them something and teach us something. Who are you when it's hard, when you lose? Because when you lose, that's the real you. And what are you holding on to when your safety's gone, when money's low, when health is weak, when the relationship is rocky? Who are you in the storm? You can't fake that. You can't fake that. Verse 39, now Jesus woke up and he rebuked the winds and said to the sea, peace be still. Jesus does not only bring peace, he is peace. That's why we must bring Jesus everywhere we go and into people's lives. He doesn't only bring peace. He is peace. John 14, 27 says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give you as the world gives something that is there and gone. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. And I believe this wholeheartedly. Everything in life, everything, no matter how much we have plans, can be taken away in a moment. Yet you could have total peace in Jesus. Peace that passes all understanding, knowing that he is with us. Peace that even death can't take away. So grab your cushion. Into the storm. Peace. Be still. Verse 40. Then Jesus said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? 
And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, listen to this, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey them? I think this is a really funny moment. First of all, these disciples, they were really scared of the storm, and now they're really scared of Jesus. Think about that. They were really freaked out about the storm. Now they're freaking about Jesus because they did not know him. They knew him as teacher. They knew him as prophet. They knew him as a revolutionary leader. But in the storm, they found out that Jesus was God. And I believe we can do life, we can learn a lot of things, but it is in our storms, like Angel was talking about, that we will find out that Jesus is God and he can bring peace in the middle of the storm. Man, that is beautiful. He's God. So I'm going to leave you with three things that we have learned from, from the book of Mark here. Number one, know yourself. Know yourself because storms don't produce faith. Storms reveal it. Storms reveal it. It reveals faith and unbelief. We can wear the Jesus t-shirt and speak straight up Christianese, but in the storm it reveals who we are and where you place your hope. When God takes us into a storm, it reveals the legitimacy of our relationship with him. And that's scary. But listen, listen, listen. A storm may cause us harm, but hidden unbelief will cause you and I eternal harm. So him sending us into storms doesn't prove that he's uncaring, but that he's most caring. I know that's an interesting thought because it brings a self-awareness of where we stand with God. Do you know where you stand with God? Do you really trust Jesus? How do you respond in the storm? How do we respond in the storm? Number two, stay in the boat. Stay in the boat. Some of us, we feel stuck and in a rut. And you know why? It's because we navigate away from every storm we face. Every storm we face, we navigate away. When storms come our way, we retreat, we hide, we run. Many of us have been running for so long, never dealing with our issues. And I see a lot, I see a lot of this in marriage. And I'm going to talk to married people. I always do because I talk to myself. When Candace and I, we were fighting yesterday half the day. And then we were writing happy texts to each other the other half of the day. And then we wrote happy texts to each other this morning saying we're good, right? Because uh, because we're going to, we're going to, we need to be good. Uh, I don't know how you guys deal with it, but we can be crazy. We can be crazy. I thought it was Candace's fault yesterday. And uh, just to let you guys know. <laughs> I'm sorry. It might have, now it's my fault. Now, that's, I blew it. I blew it. We were just good. Now we're not good. Now we're good. Right? But listen to this. I see this in marriage. They, married people, they don't always work through their issues, right? Rather, they pretend like it never happened, which is not good. It's, it, I wrote it's stupid, but I won't say that, all right? Because when you don't face it, it's like an open wound, and it starts to infect everything else. Lifts, listen, 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 and it was going to pop up there. The things you don't deal with today, your children will deal with tomorrow. Some of the things I deal with right now are the things that my parents wouldn't deal with. And now I'm dealing with it. When I became a parent, right, when I became a parent for the first time, I told Candace, I am so scared of being a dad because I don't know how to be a dad. I don't know what a good dad looks like. I don't know what a good dad acts like. And some of us, we grew up in homes just like that. Maybe your dad was not there. Maybe your dad was abusive. Maybe your dad was awesome. And I praise God for that. But some of us, we grew up, and then we, you know what's the worst? It's you do the same thing your dad did, even if you didn't want to do it. 
because you've learned a certain way. And so I say, parents, the things you don't deal with today, your children will deal with tomorrow. When you run from your current storms, we fuel greater future storms. And you can't outrun your problems because you can't outrun you. We say around here, wherever you are, there you are. You go someone else, somewhere else. I don't care if you're here or somewhere else. You bring you with you. And you have to deal with the same thing. And, and, and God knows this. And so to get us unstuck, guess what he does? He sends us into a storm. And we want the path of least resistance. And he sends storms. So what, 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 what can we do is to stay in the boat so we can get to the other side. Or you have to go through the same storm again. Think about that. He, God loves you so much, he will put you in the same storm a hundred times. So he can finally teach us, get to the other side. Stay in the boat. Stay in the boat. And number three, cry out to Jesus. It's my final point. Just like the disciples, they knew they couldn't do it on their own. Storms lead us to Jesus. Let me give you some insight about you and me. Whenever things are going great, it's easy to forget God. We think, look, I'm doing good. Look what I've done. I got this, right? Have you ever said, I got this? And then like a couple days later, you're like, I'm the worst. <laughs> I got this because of my strength, my smarts, my skills, I did this. And then storms come and they tend to humble us and we get on our knees. We're like, God, please help me, please help me, please help me, please help me. And it breaks our pride, revealing our sin. God loves us enough and I'm going to say this boldly, God loves you and me enough to hurt us that we might, and we might not understand fully. But God loves us so much that he will break your hand so that you will let go of the sin that will eventually kill you. I'm going to say that one more time. So this is what Pastor Matt Chandler said, and it, it just, man, it's just been etched in my mind. God loves you and me so much that he will break your hand so that you will let go of the sin that will eventually kill you and wreck your eternal soul. So as we close today, I know there's a greater storm ahead, a storm of eternity. That is why Jesus came in the first place. He came in the first place so that you and I could, one day he knew that we would face the judgment of God. And every time I come in here, I have to tell you that there is a one day that we will see God face to face. There is. I want to give you great advice from Jesus, but I never want to take away that there is a one day that we will see Jesus face to face. But by his death on the cross, he took the wrath of God so that we do not need to. And when you are in Christ, listen here, just listen to me. When you're in Christ, you are safe from this eternal storm. I don't know where you are with God today. I really don't. And we come in here in different places. Some of us here, we're, we come here to see if this Jesus thing is real. Some of us are here uh, because our girlfriend took us here and she's hot and we're like, I'll stay. Right? Some of us are here and we've been in church for a very long time. And, and we feel like we know it all. But our soul, you know you feel far from that affection for God. How is your affection for Christ? And I always ask that to the Christians because we can fool ourselves very easily. Say, I know enough, God. I know all the things. I know all the verses, God. I know what he's about to say. I've been through this so many times. But then I want to ask you, Christians, 
How is your affection for Christ? Is your affection for Christ growing? Is it getting, is it like when you're singing songs of worship, is it just, man, is your heart just expanding? When you're saying, God, use me, you mean it from the bottom of your heart, or have you said, God, use me so many times, and it's easy to say. And if that's us, let's stand today. If that's you, be careful. Be careful. We can get so used to Jesus that we don't even know him. We, I know that in, in, in my marriage, sometimes we get so busy, and I'm so used to Candace being in my life, that there's moments like, like, Candace, we just need to stop and have a conversation. We're doing so many things. I'm so used to you being around in my life. But I don't think we've had a conversation of how you're go, what you're going through, what you're carrying, how you are. For the Christian, I want to ask you, how is your affections for Christ? Is it growing? Is it, are you longing to be with Jesus throughout your week? For those, you might be in this room and you've never even thought of following Jesus. Never even thought about it. But you feel, man, you feel something in your spirit. And when I say that, you understand what I mean. If our heads bowed, if that's you, and you need to get right with God, and you need Jesus in your life, I just want you, you don't even need to respond to me, but I want you to pray a simple prayer. God, if Jesus, if you're real and if you are who you say you are, the Jesus in the Bible, not the ones that I see on, on, in politics, not the ones I see that drive me nuts, Lord God, but the Jesus in the Bible, Lord God. If that's you, I want to know you. Show yourself, Lord God. Draw me close to you, God. And if you're a Christian, you're in this room and your affections for God is wavering, I want us to repent, God, and say, restore, God, today. The joy of salvation. Restore me. Humble me. Get me back to the place where I long and needed you, Lord God. And then for those who are going through a storm of life today, I tell you, stay in the boat. Know yourself and cry out to Jesus. Trust him. Trust him. Heavenly Father, it may look like Lord, we're surrounded by storms, Lord God, but we're surrounded by you, God. Jen, can you just sing over us one time? Let Jen sing just over you.
this time, the guys are going to come forward. They're going to just pass out communion. We've never done this, so I don't know what's best. But let's just pass these out. that Jesus was betrayed and I say that purposely he took bread and he broke it and he said this is my body that was broken for you every time you come together I always break it in my hand because I know that I am the one that breaks his body I'm the one I'm the one and he says every time you come together do this in remembrance of me let's take the bread together that same night, he took the cup, and he says, this is the cup of the new covenant. This is my blood that was poured out for you. Every time you, you take of this, do this in remembrance of me and know that you are clean. When you are in Christ, you can't be any more righteous than when you are righteous in Christ. Not your works, not anything you can do. Man, when we fully embrace what Jesus has done, he will give you hope and the power to do. God, let's take this together.
Heavenly Father, we thank you for forgiving us. We thank you for your sacrifice on the cross, Lord God. But it doesn't end at the cross, Lord God. Let us live the resurrected life, Lord God, the life of your kingdom, Lord, now, bringing heaven down now like you did, Lord God. Let us do that in remembrance of you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. God bless you. Thank you for being here. Give God praise, man. Thank you, guys.